This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mahachek, and I am your host, and I am so grateful for you being here. Thank you so much. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, welcome. I am so excited that you're here. Today's episode is so much fun. I have another interviewed guest that I can't wait to introduce you to. She is one of the best people that I have met since living down here in the South. She is just a ball of energy, a true unique delight, and I think you'll love her just as much as I do. So I am talking about the wonderful Ashley Benson. Now, if you have not heard of Ashley Benson, where have you been? She is a personal trainer. She is actually a NASM certified personal trainer. She's a wife. She's a stay-at-home homeschooling mom to two kids. She's full of F-bombs and cookies, and she's always ready to be on a hiking trail or heavy lifting strength training sessions in the gym, and she primarily focuses on training women. And when I asked her kind of the why behind why she prefers to train women, she said, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to work with women. I'm older, I have a quote-unquote mom bod, and I have kids. I wanted to show women what a normal body looks like when you train for life and health and not just for being skinny. Women are often the targets of unrealistic fitness endeavors, and then we punish ourselves to try to achieve the same goals as others, ultimately failing, and then the cycle starts over and we feel even worse than before. She actually used a different word. <laughs> she, she swears like a sailor and I love her for it. Skinny, she says, does not equal healthy. Man, I could not agree more, which is why her and I follow such a similar perspective when it comes to the mindset around fitness and nutrition. And when I met her a couple of years ago, I just knew that we were going to work well together. So I wanted to have her on because she has some exciting things coming on, but I also wanted to just introduce you to her perspective on fitness because obviously fitness and nutrition are two of the biggest pillars in health, not the only two, but two very important pillars of health, and they blend together nicely, but they're also the area where people struggle the most. They feel there are certain standards set for them from society. And that's where a lot of this guilt and sabotage can come from. So I wanted to have her on to address some of that and also kind of talk about her philosophy around fitness and training, because I feel her perspective is needed more in the fitness industry. And I wanted to share hers with you. So in this episode, we are going to talk about a few of the myths within the fitness industry, specifically related to women. And she's going to bust some of those myths for us. She's also going to talk a little bit about how kids, how to get them interested in movement, even if your kids are not 
sports inclined or not motivated by a team sport or anything like that, how to get them involved with a healthy long-term habit around movement. And then we'll also talk about how to get started yourself with fitness. If it's been a while or maybe you're brand new but decided that maybe it's time to get started with some movement or some exercise or some fitness. And then she'll talk a little bit more about specifically hiking, which has been her jam now for a while. And she's shifting focus and talking more about hiking and preparing your body for hiking. So this episode is jam-packed. It's a little bit longer than normal, but I hope you enjoy it. And here is the conversation with Ashley Benson. Hi, Ashley. Hi, how are you this morning? I'm so good. I am so excited to talk to you today. I'm super pumped. Yes, you are one of my favorite people for sure in the <laughs> fitness industry. I think you are dynamo. I just love it. Oh, thank you. Um, and so I wanted to bring you, oh, well, I wanted to bring you on and I wanted to kind of introduce you to people. If, if they don't know who you are, um, I did a little bit of an intro, so they kind of have a little bit of a background. Um, but I really just wanted to have a conversation today about fitness, about exercise, about myths that you see in the industry, about um, how that kind of fits in, in the overall perspective and picture of health. Obviously on this podcast, I really center around um, nutrition and root cause and, and how all that, but fitness and exercise and movement in general is such a huge part of somebody's holistic health and, and their yeah, practice sure, of everything. Sure. Um, and so I really wanted to capture that and have you talk a little bit about some of, some of the things that you notice and, and all of that. But first, what got you into the fitness industry? I am dying to know. A lot of people assume that I played sports in high school and that could not be further from the truth. I have literally never played sports before in my life. I ran two track meets and came in last both times. <laughs> <laughs> my face I, is shocked right now. I'm like, what? You seem like you would be sports. Yeah, I have never, that. I'm not sports inclined. I am just re- ridiculous with any sport. It's just terrible. Um, except for badminton. I'm pretty good at badminton. Um, but so I joined the air force when I was 18 and obviously I had to go through boot camp and do all that. And I figured out that, Hey, I actually enjoy pushing my body in different ways that aren't, you know, sports related. Like I can run fast. I, when I'm not trying to do a what are they, the 400 meter or whatever they're called. I don't even remember. That's how I have no idea. (laughs) Um, I can do pull-ups. I can do all these things. So that kind of got me going with pushing myself to see exactly where I could go. And I had to do the PT test once a year and all that fun stuff. So I did have to stay in shape to be able to be successful with my PT test. And then it just kind of went from there. And I had such a great time with weightlifting. I'm not a cardio person. So just to be able to see that I can lift 45 pound dumbbells and it, you just feel like so empowered. And so, I mean, like you feel like a badass yeah. to be able to do that and to be able to ask the guys at the gym, are you done with that? Cause I'm going to need it now. <laughs> That's so being able to keep up with my kids now that I have two kids is definitely a a critical part of why I continue to stay in shape and continue to do what I do and try to be hypervigilant about being able to, when they were little, you know, chase them into a parking lot if they took off into the middle of the parking lot or to get upstairs quickly when it's too quiet because you know something is happening up there if it's too quiet. So that is kind of, you know, my whole shtick is 
to be able to be fit for parenting essentially. Yeah. Which it is a workout. It is a marathon. I mean, for all the, it doesn't end. (laughs) That's, that's nothing new to anybody who's listening, who has kids, but um, yeah, that's a wonderful kind of way of looking at it. It's like you're training for life, not just for an event or. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I tell people. We're not, if you're training for a specific event, if you want to do a competition or a marathon or whatever the case may be, I'm not the trainer for you. I don't know how to train someone to run a marathon. I will tell you that from the get-go. It's not what I'm versed in. I'm not comfortable training someone for a competition. I'm, I want to train people to be able to be healthy and fit and keep up with their kids and to not feel like garbage every day. And so definitely more into the functional, I hesitate to say functional fitness because a lot of people associate that with CrossFit, but definitely just being a functional human, I guess, is the best way to to put that. Yeah. And functional fitness is something I haven't really necessarily heard of put that way. Uh, I'm not in the CrossFit world either, but (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, functional nutrition, functional health, functional. Yes, exactly. I mean, that Mm -hmm. really does fit right in because that's, that's one of the pillars is fitness and exercise. So that totally makes sense. Um, I forgot to mention how you and I met. So (laughs) for anyone who's listening, who cares, um, we met during the pandemic on lockdown. We did. Yeah. It was so fun. And I, I think we were in a mutual Facebook group and I think I had thrown out something about like wanting to connect with other people. Well, I saw, so I was kind of stalking a little bit because that's what we do, right? Social media, we stalk. I saw that you were anti-diet and anti-macros and anti, like, I guess you were more eat for life, eat the cookie. It's okay, but also make sure you're eating your vegetables. Don't, you, you can have the pizza. We don't need the whole pizza though. Like, that kind of thing. And while I obviously I do, do, do macros, I do appreciate a good macro. I really resonated with you when you were saying we need to eat for health and consistency and trying to treat our problems with nutrition versus being on a diet to just lose weight. So, and I like to say that weight loss is the byproduct of a healthy lifestyle. So if you want to lose weight, I don't like it for people to be so hyper-focused on the weight loss portion. Like, let's just forget about that. Let's just be healthy and the weight loss will come. So, and that was kind of a a side note on how we met, but so yeah, yeah, we just, yeah, I really enjoy talking to you and seeing your perspective on how you felt about all that. Well, I appreciate that. That's so nice. I do tell people that you're anti-macro. I'm like, well, when I refer you to her, just know she is (laughs) anti-macro. However, (laughs) dot, 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 she is phenomenal at what she does. So if you're looking to figure out the source of the problem and to figure out how food can actually be restorative, Stephanie is the person for you. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, I think the first time we talked, I feel like we talked for like over an hour and a half or something. It was a long time, yeah. It was a long time. I think we were like both just bored, needed adult action, <laughs> but. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, our, our kind of, our, our philosophies really line up a lot and it's not that I'm anti-macro. I, I see the purpose for them. Um, I just think that for certain people, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. No. And, and I also, and this is something that I can obviously dig deeper into, but I don't require my clients to do macros. If they're like, I absolutely cannot deal with that extra 
garbage in my life right now. (laughs) Yeah, math. Cool. It's not necessary, but we're going to figure out how to make sure you're actually consuming food, um, which is a huge problem with women, but that's a different story altogether too. But yeah, so I only have my clients track their macros for maximum two weeks. And that's basically just so that they can see what they are consuming and what their diets are consisting of and if they're getting enough protein and how things are going and where fat is not, not the enemy and carbs are not the enemy on the other hand of that. So it's just really eye-opening that I have found for my clients to be able to track their macros. And I still have some that insist continuing to track months in advance. And I'm like, we don't have to track anymore. It's okay. We can put that away. (laughs) You know what you're doing now. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So I want to kind of talk to about, like, I know in my, in the nutrition industry, in the nutrition world, there's so many myths. And I mean, they stem from like decades ago, like so many myths, like you mentioned the fat issue. (laughs) Don't be afraid of carbs, like everything. Yeah. Yeah, And it's seasonal and it all comes and goes Mm -hmm. and it, it waxes and wanes and comes back. What in your industry, what in the fitness industry do you specifically see? Or maybe if there's like a pet peeve that you have that every time you hear it, you're like, stop, that's not true. Oh my or gosh. Like yes. That. So, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this one, but we, it's still so prevalent. Lifting weights is going to make you bulky. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's actually where you want to live. You want to live in the strength training world and the cardio should be sprinkled in. It's, it's frosting on your cake, essentially. So that is the biggest myth. I can't, it's really hard to get women outside of the five to 10 pound dumbbells to show them that you can lift 15, 20, 25 pounds. I've got a client right now that's lifting 25 pound dumbbells, so 50 pounds total. And she is killing it. And she said, I would have never pushed myself to do this if I wouldn't have had someone hovering over me telling me that I can do it. And so just getting people to push themselves outside of their comfort zone is Mm -hmm. definitely an an ideal situation. So yeah, well, and I think that's important that you've mentioned that because as creatures of habit, we tend to go in and do the same routine every single time. Which is great for consistency purposes. So yeah. And that's the other thing is women go into the gym and we just bounce around from one machine to the other with no real plan and no real consistency there. So if you're not, if you're not consistent with your routine, sure, you'll have some results. Like you're not going to not have results, especially if you're working out, you know, three to four times a week, but being consistent with your programming is what's going to bring those bigger results. It's what's going to push you past if you're on a plateau. So yeah, especially if you're just bouncing around. (laughs) Yeah. And if I think, you know, seeing some people in the gym, or even if you don't have a gym membership and just doing things at home, if you're not progressing in your weights, you're stagnant. You're You're not making progress. You have to be in that progressive overload zone, which is something I talk about with, with people all the time. And you know, you either want to increase your sets, how many, how many of that particular uh, routine that you're doing or your reps or your weight, something has to increase to be able to get that progressive overload. Yeah. And so many people, I'm sure you, ha- you hear this a lot too. You kind of mentioned it uh, when they get into a weight loss plateau or kind of a, a plateau where they're not seeing any results or they're not seeing, you know, the inches that they, they Mm -hmm. anticipated that they would lose, which again, I, I speak a lot about that's not your only gauge. We look for, you know, non victories and all that, but, but 
some of that is such a mental game Mm -hmm. when they are in the gym and they're maybe, like you said, they're afraid to go beyond 10 pounds, 10 pound dumbbells. And they're wondering why they're stagnant and they're wondering why their progress is, is lacking. So I think that's definitely something for people who are listening to consider if you feel like you are in a plateau or if you feel Mm -hmm. like I should be seeing more results than what I am. Is there a mental block there? Is there something that you need to work through or Mm -hmm. talk to somebody about? Because that can help to shed the light on what the source of the problem is to push you along and and let you. Absolutely. Yep. And I mean, the plateau thing. So, and that's why I hold cardio back that way. If you hit a plateau, we can sprinkle some cardio in. Mm -hmm. So instead of immediately going balls to the wall, we're going to do cardio every day. We're going to lift weights four times a week. We're doing everything. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, let's not go wide open immediately, Brenda. Let's just slow it down a little bit. (laughs) Also, you're going to burn yourself out. So just a little bit at a time. And that's something else I say, 1% better than the day before. So if you didn't move your body yesterday, let's just move our body a little bit today. Even if you take a 15 minute walk, that's better than what you did yesterday. So 1% better. That's it. Yeah. And I love that for two reasons. When you just said that, because certain workouts are not right for everybody from a physiology standpoint, when somebody is overdoing it on Mm -hmm. cardio, for example, that's taxing their adrenals. If they're in a state of adrenal chaos because of stress and because of other things going on or hormone imbalances or all that stuff that we look at in a clinical perspective, if they are adding in excessive strength or excessive cardio, Mm -hmm. they are going to worsen the problem. They are going to exactly. And that's kind of, that's another myth that just push through if you're sick or if you are under the weather, just push through it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yes, you should push through it, but not when you're sick, because like you said, your adrenals are in the gutter. Your cortisol levels are already raised. Everything is a disaster. Pushing yourself past your limit when you are under the weather is not going to help anything. In fact, I mean, like you said, it could be hurting. Mm -hmm. So doing it one time, not the end of the world, but continuing to push yourself past your limits every single day is not allowing your body to rest, which is another myth. You don't need rest. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) That is when we restore. Yes, exactly. Um, there was one thing, Oh, do you want to hear what my myth is that I, yeah, I'm ready. My big pet peeve that I absolutely hate. And this is, I'm I'm jumping into your industry for a second. I hear this. Let's do it. I'm like, stop it. Muscle weighs more than fat. I absolutely want to punch someone in the face when I hear that. I just ignore it. I can't. It's a trigger for me. A pound is a pound. It's like, it's, it's just, it's there. Oh, I hate that so, so much. And I, I, I used to think it too. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Muscle always wear that, whatever. And that was a good kind of reasoning behind why someone mm-hmm. is gaining when they're starting to work out. But for those, if that's new to you, and if, if you're like, well, wait, I thought that was true. Let me explain why not. <laughs> it's because you take a pound of muscle, you take a pound of fat and they weigh the same. It's a pound. It's a pound. <laughs> but yes, muscle is more dense. It's more dense and it's compact and it takes up less space versus Mm -hmm. like the puffy, fluffy, lovely fat tissue that is puffier and takes up more space. So that's why when you gain five pounds of muscle and you lose five pounds of fat, the scale stays the same five minus five or zero, but you see your inches going down, Mm -hmm. which is why I hate the scale for a number of reasons. That's one of them, but I literally just yelled at people to throw the scale away. Mm -hmm. Like that was one of my most recent post about just 
F the scale. The scale does not define who you are as a human being, first of all. Second of all, the scale is just one tool. It's just one tool. So try other tools too. You have multiple tools at your disposal. So yeah, the, the muscle weighs more than fat. I'm like, but that, that really makes me think that I should start taking a pound of fat and a pound, like some sort of visual for people to see. So that way they can see the difference between, yes, like you said, it's more dense. So it's going to take up less space. And that's kind of what we want to create is less space, which is why we should strength train. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've actually seen, I think from like demo products or something like that for, um, wellness events and wellness fairs. I've seen you probably Amazon it and see like, do you, is there muscle fake muscle tissue or something like that? I feel like I've seen that that before and it is eye opening. It is. Yeah. So anyways, but good. I'm glad, I'm glad I validated that you just agree. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, when people say stuff like that, unless we're face to face, cause then you can actually have a conversation, but on the internet, you can't, can't say anything. It's not worth the fight. No, but I've learned how to just ignore. Yeah. It drives me nuts. So, okay. So like you said, you are a mom. And, um, I think as any parents or guardian or grandparent or caretaker in any way, or somebody Mm -hmm. who just maybe has kids in their lives, they're well aware that, um, the kids that are coming up in this generation are at a huge disadvantage for health. They are already seeing in the nutrition world and in like the clinical world, you're already seeing kids with high blood pressure Mm -hmm. with fatty liver disease, all of these issues going on at like the ages of five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, um, adult, adult diseases are now showing up in children. So a big push is on, uh, how to create and instill healthy habits in kids. Mm -hmm. So from the fitness perspective, what are some of the things that maybe you do with your own kids to help kind of get them in a good groove with that? Or what kind of things do you help people or want people to know about instilling good, healthy habits in their kids with fitness? So number one, and this really doesn't have anything to do with the kids per se, but number one is to set a good example. So my kids know that I work out almost every day. I do, I, or I move my body every day. I should say, I'm not out there in the gym pumping and grinding every day, but they know that I'm moving every day. So they know that movement is essential. So I try to set that example with them to know that, Hey, we're going to take a family walk tonight. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be, we overcomplicate things so much and it doesn't have to be complicated. Just taking a family walk every night, running up and down the stairs with your kids, I generally tell people, if you're making a fool of yourself, you're probably doing it correctly because your kids want to have fun with you. And sometimes, and that's going to involve, you know, making a fool of yourself. So you're at the park, you want to swing on the monkey bars. You have to be able to have the strength to do that. So just involving your kids with what you're doing and leading by example is the best way to start that. And that's, I mean... It, it just requires a little bit of patience and it requires some consistency and some forethought on your part, but it definitely has helped my kids. My daughter is an active gymnast, so she's my least of my concerns, but my son is heavy into coding. He, he does all that crazy JavaScript and wow. I, he starts talking and I have my eyes glaze over, no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. So he is in front of the computer a little bit more than I would like. So I have to be a little more proactive with him to get him. So we'll go outside and we'll race each other and see who can win. And sometimes I let him win. Sometimes he really does win. Sometimes I roll my ankle and fall down. Our 
that has happened. <laughs> um, so it's just being proactive and getting them outside and getting them involved. And I'm going to roll it around to a nutrition standpoint. They have to see what you're doing. So if you're eating poorly, and I hesitate to say poorly because, you know, we're very much so eat the cookie, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're showing them that you're going to eat an entire box of cookies, <laughs> you're kind of setting that tone for, oh, it's cool. We can mindlessly eat. And I really tried to make sure my kids see me eating a well-rounded diet, but also desserts. We go out all the time. Vampire penguin is amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't so, even know what that is. What is it's that? It's amazing. It's a shaved ice place that tastes like cake. Oh, okay. Um, but even just getting them involved with how you're eating and letting them see that, you know, this is great to eat, but it's, it's a treat and it loses its treat value if you're doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to step on your toes with that because I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I love that conversation. I, I love hearing other people's perspectives of it and what they're kind of um, talking with their kids about. And I think the biggest thing, and this can kind of bounce back into the fitness field too, is one, making it fun, but two mm -hmm. kids, especially at certain ages, we both have younger kids, um, but they're super curious about the why Absolutely. behind things. Yeah. And I think adults are too. They want to know, well, if I'm going to change, I need to know the why, and I need to be motivated by yeah. the why yeah, it has yeah, to be yeah, worth sure. it to me to do the why. Um, but I think having just open conversations, mm -hmm. you do not have to be a personal trainer. You do not have to be a nutritionist. You do not right. have to be anything other than your sweet, caring self as a parent and just you know, have that conversation about, we're going to go out for a walk today because walking gets us in the fresh air. It gets us some sunshine. Mm -hmm. It makes us feel better. It instills some of these habits that, I mean, you don't have to say that, but you, it, it starts to carve out the habits and right. the patterns that we're trying to instill in them. And I do want to say that I make a huge, I mean, I'm a woman, I'm 39 years old. So obviously I stand in front of the mirror and say ugly things about my body sometimes, mm -hmm. I make a huge effort to never say anything negative about my body in front of my kids. So I also really, I don't ever tell them we're working out to lose weight or we're working mm -hmm. out. Like I make a, I word it and I can't think of how I word it right now because I'm like nervous, but <laughs> I word it differently so that it's not a chore. I don't want it to be a chore. We're going to go ride our bikes because like you said, we want to be in the fresh air and we want to get some sun on our skin and We've talked about why vitamin D is important and that kind of thing, but I never make it, we're doing it to be skinny. Right. That's not why we're doing this. We're doing it so that we can be healthy and so that our hearts will not give out on us when yeah. we're 60. So I do take it into a semi-science. My son is the very much so why, mm -hmm. um, a semi-sciencey thing. We studied heart, we did heart rate uh, studies to see oh. what activities we could do that would make our heart rates the highest for my son. It was jumping jacks for my daughter. It was V-ups because she's the gymnast. So she's out there doing V-ups. I'm like, I cannot do that. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Who does that? Um, so that was a fun study for them to see like how your heart rate works and that kind of thing. So that's where my son, I had to incorporate. My son wants to know why my daughter just wants to go and run around and act crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and I think I, I've spoken about this multiple times is you can always tie the healthy habit you're trying to instill to something that they're interested in. So like right. for your son, for example, we eat healthy and we go and move our body because it helps focus on mm -hmm. coding or it helps yeah. us 
have more attention when we're trying to do a project or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. It doesn't even, if their hobby is non-physical, you can still tie those habits in to how it helps and benefits them. It gives us mental clarity. It it lowers our stress when we get angry. You know, all of those things can still be beneficial. So they still connect the dots with, it has nothing to do with body size or image or anything like that. It has everything to do with function and physiology and the, the ultimate reasons for feeling good and, and mm-hmm. thinking clearly and all of those things that everyone can benefit from. So yeah, Absolutely. I, love, I love that. So, all right. Um, couple other things that I definitely wanted to go over. So if somebody is brand new, so I have a, a few clients who are very brand new to exercise or it's been a while, or they, you know, haven't, haven't had, uh, that as a priority in a while. And now they are. So if somebody is new or kind of starting over from scratch, what are some of the things that you would say to them or, you know, what, how, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, start slow. If you have not been moving your body consistently, don't, and I mentioned this earlier, don't start wide open. You're going to burn out. You're going to be so incredibly sore. I tell people when we first start working out and you haven't worked out in months or you're a fresh, fresh off the boat, you're a beginner, you need to start slow and you don't want to be so sore that you can't sit on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you don't just, it's okay. And I, I don't, sometimes people feel like they didn't get anything out of the workout because we started so slow, but we have to gauge where you're at and going wide open the first one or two sessions is not the way to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be so, you want to be able to walk up downstairs the next day. And, and a lot of people associate that soreness with, I got a great workout. That's not the case <laughs> always. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you had a great workout and you're sore, but those two things do not have to go together. Um, so starting out slow, being consistent, don't overthink it. So if you are brand spanking new, I ask people, just walk every day. And a lot of times I find that people really have a hard time with that because they don't feel like they're, it's too easy. So Mm -hmm. if it's easy, surely it's not helpful. Mm -hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. You have to, I tell every single person I come in contact with, please walk 30 minutes a day, just walk. And a lot of that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the fitness aspect is just the consistency, doing something every day, getting off the couch, getting outside, getting some sun in, that kind of thing. Even if you walk on a treadmill, that's fine too. It's just more doing something daily to get that, get that habit created and get your brain going. Yeah. If you're beginning, just start out slow. Don't negate the easy stuff. The easy stuff is what's going to build you into the harder stuff. And it does get harder as you progressively increase things into your weight, your strength training program. So yeah, yeah, I always start people off slow and steady wins the race. And it's not, it's not a race, you know, it's life. So it's not a matter of how much you can do, how quickly you can do it. It's what you're able to do consistently. And if walking is all you can do consistently right now, that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I love that because it's so true. There are so many people, especially if they have a history of working out or if they have a history in like the sports field or anything like that. Um, I've seen a lot of of former athletes who are now in their forties, fifties or sixties and don't work out like they used to because Mm -hmm. they're no longer a student athlete, which makes sense, but they have that mentality of, I got to be in the gym two hours. Exactly. The all or nothing mentality. And it, and it, prevents them from getting started even. And I understand. I mean, I, we're all humans of the all or none. A lot of us are all or none. I myself, and I had a battle with that 
my mentality myself, it's all or none. And I have to tell myself every day, it is not all or none. I rode the bike for 20 minutes. So that is great because I wasn't going to do anything. So I have to, I have that same conversation, you know, the, the angel devil on your shoulder telling me, oh, it's okay. You're not going to do all. If you can't do all, then it's none. And the angel's like 20 minutes, Ashley, you did 20 minutes on the bike. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, huge, it's a huge conversation within ourselves and, and the mentality that goes into that. It's like, yes, you can word it. There's a big difference between saying I only did 20 minutes versus I, I got to do 20 I, yeah, minutes. Yeah, I did to, I I did 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, I'm sure it's the same in the nutrition world where people, they eat, you know, they, they eat what they deem is poorer. And then they're like, oh, well, then the whole day is in the garbage. Like it doesn't matter anymore. And then you just go down this path of self-destruction. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I call it, or I think it, it was, it was mentioned in somewhere that I read, um, it's called the smash your phone mentality where oh. you drop your phone on the floor. You're like, Oh, drop my phone. Might as well smash it. It's like, That's no friend, genius. pick it up. <laughs> Same as like, Oh, I had a cookie at lunch. Might as well have everything else later. Yeah. Well, yeah. For sure. Or, yeah. or I slept in, I, I might as well not get my workout in like, no friend, just get up. I slept in, not going to work today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave it up <laughs> going back to bed. Um, but yeah, I think, I think so many people kind of feel that. And one way that I found it helpful to kind of phrase it is if you're only able to do 10 minutes because life got in the way it's mm-hmm. chaos, whatever, maybe you're that person walking around the soccer fields. Like I am sometimes during practice, because that's the only opportunity you get to move your body that day. It's a placeholder. It's a placeholder activity. It continues the concept of I work out. I am an exerciser. It's not the best exercise that I could ever do today, but tomorrow I can get a different workout in that's going to be different. And when you look at it from not a calorie burn perspective, then it does so much more. Does walking for 10 minutes, is that going to cause someone to lose a hundred pounds? No, but repeatedly over and over and over again, and then progressing and progressing and progressing and progressing gets you there. You Mm -hmm. cannot get to your final destination if you don't take the first mini steps. And that's what the mini steps is. And that's just what, that's something else I tell people. You just have to take the first step. Yeah. You're not going to solve anything by thinking about it on the couch. If you're still in the contemplative stage, that's okay, but let's figure out how to move you into the action stage. Mm -hmm. And just taking that first step and getting that first walk or weight training, um, session under your belt, anything that's going to build that motivation. And that's going to build consistency. And that's going to be, you know, the kind of the foundation for where you're starting. And, and if you think for one minute that everybody that trainers or nutritionists or whoever we're motivated day in and day out, that could not be farther from the truth. I am so unmotivated sometimes. And sometimes I, I don't do anything. And I don't beat myself up about it. I don't say, oh, I didn't do anything yesterday. So I shouldn't do anything today. It's a new day. So you can, it's, it, and there's no way I'm remain motivated. It's more of a determination. It's more of, I've got that consistency so I can take a day off. I can take vacation off and not feel like I need to go to the gym while I'm on vacation, but 
I do still when I'm on vacation, I, but this is something I enjoy. I'll find a bridge to walk over. I did the bridge when I was in Charleston this past weekend. Cool. I enjoy hiking. So I'll find hiking trails when I'm on vacation or while I'm taking a, a, some time off from like strength training programs, because that's something else you should do occasionally is take a little break. Mm-hmm. Um, I find other things that I enjoy to still continue to move my body. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's that that's a core habit for you. That's a foundational habit for you. It's, it's something that that could be a goal for somebody is to eventually get to the point where they do take a week off and they crave that movement and fitness exactly. and activity again yeah. because it, they see so much value in it. And again, when you don't look at it from a point of, well, how many calories did that burn? How many, da, 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 then you start to enjoy the other aspects that it provides, the stress management, the clarity, the good digestion, the, you know, just feeling like you accomplished something, whatever it is, those, those types of victories are so much more important. And those are the things that we truly crave as humans to come back to. It's going to be more motivating to come back to when you exactly that yes. you're getting that type of benefit yep. from it. Not all that crazy math and all that. Oh my gosh. Everybody wants to turn their watch on when we start working out. Everybody. <laughs> I got to turn my watch on. Okay. I do that as well, but only because my Apple watch gives me like credit for the month. And I'm like, okay, well, I that's you. what I was going to say. I, I remind everybody when we start working out, did you turn your watch on? Because everybody <laughs> wants to see their rings close. And yes. I I know so I compete with my little cousin who doesn't live here. So we compete with each other to see if we can close our rings in a seven day span or whatever it is. Yeah. So I, I get it, but it's just funny. Like, Oh, I burned 366 calories for this session. And I'm like, well, it's probably not accurate, but it's, it's not. also it's not. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Well, and I, I want to just jump back to, for a quick second, when you said, you know, even nutritionists, even trainers aren't motivated hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time, every single day. And an example of that is Olympic athletes. Olympic oh athletes are the laziest, sometimes the, some of the laziest people. I used to work in a facility that, that trained some of them. And if they didn't have coaches, if they didn't have professionals telling them what workouts to do, telling them what to eat, telling them you need to do this today. We need to push it this. We need to take a break here. We need to sleep more here, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do any of it. And these are the people that everyone is comparing themselves to. Well, some people are comparing themselves to. It's like, they don't even want to do it all Mm -hmm. the time. So it's okay if you have a day where you are not motivated to get out and run or walk or go to the gym or whatever. It's okay. But that's where coaches like you, trainers like you, are so valuable because you can be that person. That's like, I gotcha. All you got to do is do this today. And I will tell you that you did amazing because you did and you achieved this. So that's why it's so valuable to have a coach or a trainer, especially in the beginning when you're trying, trying to establish Mm -hmm. some of those habits. Exactly. Okay. So do you personally, I'm dying to know, do you have any fitness goals or things that you strive for or kind of things on your plate that you're wanting to Um, right now I am just striving for survival. (laughs) (laughs) It's back to school. You homeschool, right? So you're even busier. Uh, yeah, I homeschool my kids. So I'm extra psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I only threaten public school, uh, twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's like the stick that you're poking them with. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Um, Right now, I honestly am not, I don't have any real goals. My goal currently is to just be consistent and to keep moving. I, September 1st, will start training with my hiking guide that I have done, which is like a lead into that, but I will be doing that program with those ladies. So I will be doing an eight week hiking program 
with them. And that will just be based on movements to get you ready for different terrains and sort of flat grounds that we're used to and that kind of thing. So my training will change starting September 1st and it'll be a lot more dialed in. Right now, I'm just focusing on moving every day. I do lift weights two to three times a week, but I do it in a circuit kind of style. I'm not doing anything. I'm not trying to get big right now. Um, I have no desire right now, things could change, but I have no desire currently to ever compete in any sort of fitness or bodybuilding or anything like that competition. I just, I know myself and mentally, I don't think it would be healthy for me. Mm -hmm. So I know when to fold them when it comes to that. Yeah, which is great because you don't hear that a lot. And that's why I have so much value and respect for you because knowing boundaries and not mm -hmm. caving into industry pressures and standards and all that. It's so, it's so bad in the fitness industry. And, and I think we both know trainers that are not in a healthy space when right. it comes to that. I and mean, I think it's great that other people are doing it and I admire them from afar. And this is kind of my philosophy on life, but I also with training is you can do anything you want to do, but you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to. So I, it, this kind of started out with homeschooling and then it led into, you know, working out. But so they both will go together is people say all the time, oh, I could never homeschool my kids. You could, but you don't want to. And that's okay. That's totally cool. Mm -hmm. I say the same thing about competing in comp like fitness competitions or marathons or anything when especially marathons and 5k's and those sort of things seem to be prevalent right now or for quite a while actually people say all the time I could never run a 5k you could but you don't want to and that's totally cool because I don't want to either. Yeah. or the or the barriers just seems too great they just feel like right. they're judging them yeah for sure and no at. one's judging you and that's and I I struggle with that because I have friends who are in the fitness world, who do compete and who do, you know, crazy. I have a girlfriend that does marathons and I struggle with, should I be doing that too? Should I do, am I good enough? And I am good enough and you are good enough and we are all good enough to do whatever we want to do. But we, if you don't want to, that's okay. And it's not, a, it's not a comparison and it's not a bad thing or a negative mark on your personality or who you are. It's just, you don't want to, and that's okay. Find what makes you happy and find what's going to keep you consistent with your fitness and your nutrition, not what everybody else is doing, because it's not a one size fits all. You have to do what's going to make you feel good about what you're doing. And if you're miserable doing it, you're not going to keep up with it. So, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you have to have your own goals. You have to, yes, what, exactly. what is motivating, what's driving you. If, if marathons are the thing, great. If it's not cool, what, what mm -hmm. else? I can tell you, it's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so you had mentioned the hiking program and I really want to ask a few specific questions around this one, because I'm going to join it, <laughs> but oh, two, okay. um, two, I think if people are listening to this and, and that to them seems like their, their barrier, their Everest, if you will, mm -hmm. they're like hiking, I can't even get out and walk regularly. Yeah. Who is this program for and who would be great, uh, like a great fit for it? Okay. So I initially designed this for beginners. You have not hiked ever before in your whole life. And I actually had to turn someone down because I knew that she is not a beginner. <laughs> I said, this, you're not going to enjoy this. This is, this is for beginners. You're in the advanced. Cause I knew she had just hiked 14 miles the week before. Whoa. Not for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So awesome. this is built for beginners. You get the the movements, and I, I hesitate to say workout. You're getting movements for hiking. So yeah, it is a workout that you have to do, but it is designed to get you prepared to be able to hit that terrain and hit that mileage. So um, very, very much so beginners. The first hike, I purposely made it so that for people who want to add more mileage, that is a possibility, but you don't have to. So the first hike is less than two miles long and it's, you know, it's in the easy to moderate, but it's once again designed so that you don't have to and you push yourself to where you want to go and then we can turn around and come back. Not a big deal, but I originally designed it as a DIY. So the hiking program itself has hiking locations that you can go explore and the mileage increases each weekend. So you'll start out with one mile or point, I think it's actually 0.9 miles. And then it just increases and increases and increases with the hope that at the end, we have come together to pick a pretty decent hike, whether, whether it's finding a waterfall in the forest or seeing a crazy vista from the top of a mountain. So the goal is at the end to have you hiking anywhere from five to 15 miles. So it just depends on where you started. So it's definitely able to be built around where you are currently. And that is the beauty of it is we can hike as little as, or as far or as short of a hike as you want just to be able to get that mileage in. And awesome. yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed building it. I really enjoyed finding all these hikes because I have to go scout them to make sure that they are, uh, they're still available and that kind of, and to make sure, because that's the other thing I use all trails and that's my yeah. thing for them. Um, is to make sure that the trail is truly moderate and not hard. Or sometimes the trail say it's hard and I get out there and I'm like, this well, this is pretty moderate. It's not as difficult as what. So it's important to know what the trail is rated before you get out there, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I love that. And especially I love that it's in the fall because <laughs> I went out for a well, hike. Changing. Well, that too, but I'm talking more of like critters. Oh, yeah. You're going to have some bears. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I'd actually rather deal with a bear than what I dealt with when I took my kids for like a little hike. And the first thing I did is I stepped out of the car as I walked my face into a spider web. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Those don't go away, unfortunately, until like winter. So oh, you're still going to have to deal with spider webs. All right. I'm going to show up with like a full beekeeper suit on. Yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> but the that. snakes go away. So you yes. that going for you. Yes. And the ticks, like nothing. Yes. Nothing yes. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. It's going to be, a, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited for, it. I'm glad that you put this together because it's so unique. It's something that I talk to a lot of people who are like, my goal is to get out and enjoy. Cause we, in our area have so many beautiful. It's insane what we have access yeah. to in this area. And yeah. I purposely picked, well, the group right now. So the hiking program, if you did as a DIY, it has hikes up there that you can either follow along or you can get with me and we'll figure out what works best for you. But the group, I'm kind of allowing them to say, I only want to travel this distance this weekend. So I'll find a hike that is fits the bill. Um, and allowing them to say, I want to find a waterfall or I want, I've always wanted to do looking glass rock. Let's go do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of letting the group kind of dictate where we're going. Whereas if you were doing it as a DIY, it would be a little bit more different, but I'm excited to see what people suggest. I'm excited to see how things go. Um, should be a good time. Yeah. And I'm excited to share some crazy waterfalls and these crazy over. I always, my first thought is 
one, this is insane. And two, I wish more people could see this. Yeah. And I mean, not every hike is, oh, you know, not every hike is going to be the best thing on the planet, but I encourage people to get out there and train themselves to hike. So when I think one thing people struggle with is I don't want to go hike at Paris Mountain. I see Paris Mountain all the time, or I don't want to, there's nothing there to see, but you have to train your body to be able to do the hikes. So that's back to training. You have to train. You can't just get out there and do a crazy waterfall hike. That's going to take you seven or eight miles to get to. You have to work up to that. Yeah. Well, and people tend to not enjoy things that feel hard. So if something is feeling hard because you're not yeah. for it, not prepared for it, it might not be enjoyable for you. But exactly. Oh no. Yeah. The fact that like being out in nature and what do they call it? Nature bathing or something like yeah. that. Not that you're going to be naked. Forest frolicking. <laughs> forest frolicking. Yeah. And not that you're going to be like naked on these group hikes, but, but still like enjoying all that nature provides and mm-hmm. the, the rejuvenation and the clarity, the mental clarity, and just being out yes. fun with nature. It's so powerful. And it's something that I think more people, like you said, they do need to experience and, and sometimes being doing something new with a group that's also new can be a great way to do it. Exactly. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. I'll do it again in the spring. So my plan is to do it fall and spring each year. Um, But doing it as a group, it's, it's more fun. You're with people who are kind of in the same situation as you, you're starting out and you want to explore all these new places. And one of the main things that a lot of women have said to me when they're, when they inquire, inquire, inquire about it is, I want to do this, but I don't have a support system. So this is great for me to be able to have other people to do this with, because my husband doesn't want to hike or my husband's going to watch the kids while I do this, but I don't want to do it by myself Yeah. or my, none of my friends are interested in nature. And that's kind of what this is built for, for people to have a group and a network to be able to do this. And my hope is after the eight weeks is over, they've built some friendships and they can call each other and say, I want to go do this hike. Do you want to do this with me? And you have, you, you now have another circle of friends that can be interested in the same things that you're interested in. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love that so much. All right. Anything else that you want to share any other programs or, or events or things like that, that you wanted to talk about before I let you get back to your world. Uh, can you hear them in the background? I'm sure no. you <laughs> no, just ran around. Um, they're, they're nosy. So uh, just the eight-week hiking program, I do workouts at Greer City Park on Saturday mornings and Monday evenings, but I'm not doing any for the rest of the month of August, so that won't start back up until September. I also offer just hiking in general outside of the group or outside of the hiking program. However, while this program is running, I will not be able to do hiking because I'm already going to be out with them. So yeah. I can't do, I can't commit to both days of the weekend because the kids, somebody has to be with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, one thing we didn't mention too, is you're a mobile trainer. I am. Yes. I come to you. People are always like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you come to me? Yes. I come to you. I have a bench that folds out and does all the things. And I bring all of the dumbbells to you and Anything that you can think of that you would possibly need outside of a gym setting, I can pretty much bring it. The the crazy Bazu balls and all that and all sorts of what people have deemed torture apparatuses. (laughs) (laughs) Progress makers is what they should call them. (laughs) Yeah, but currently I'm not taking new clients. 
So I'm trying to shift gears to train people specifically for hiking. Um, that's kind of been, I've been trying to find what I'm most passionate about and working with women is my number one and specifically moms. I have enjoyed that and I will continue to only work with women. And specifically, I do like to hone it down into the motherhood thing because I get it. I understand. I understand how hard it is to move your body when you've got people screaming at you about everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am shifting gears to start taking people specifically to train them how to hike. So that's kind of where I'm going to try to swim towards in the future. Cool. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you if they have questions, if they're interested in learning more about you? Where are you at in the interwebs? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's where I have found that I am the most active. I am also on Instagram, but I'm not super duper active there. It is so hard to be social media active. Oh my gosh. It is. I've it kind is of taken a back. Yeah. I don't have time for that. No, it's a- I do respond to every single person who reaches out to me, but like trying to put out reels and blah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, insane, but yes. So if you message me on Facebook, you can find me personally, Ashley Benson, or you can find Train Hard Mom Hard on Facebook or Instagram. I will respond to you. If you see that my Instagram is not super duper active, I still respond to your messages. Um, I am, like I said, active on Facebook and then trainhardmomhard.com. That's my website and, and pretty pretty straightforward. I try to keep everything. Nobody wants to read, especially as busy parents. We don't want to read a bunch of stuff like we don't need a web page that's filled to the brim with all the information. If you want the information, I will give it to you. All my pricing is very transparent. All of my about me is very transparent. I try to be as transparent as possible. I don't want to be one of those people that's, well, let's just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I think so many people are like, it's just like, get to the point. Is it? Yeah. Get to the point. Me, well, we live in a world where, I mean, honestly, it's 30 second reels. Like if you can't, get the information in the first 30 seconds, you're, you're scrolled by that's the end. So, and that's kind of what I try to do. And I tried to do that before, uh, even before reels was a thing, try to give people the information as quickly as possible, because you know, you got to get in and get out, bada bing, bada boom. So, yeah. Well, and I will put everything, all of your social handles and contact information in the um, show notes for this episode. So people can click on that and, and get a hold of you should they have questions, but definitely join the hiking group. I think it's going to be so much fun. The hiking program is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to get out there and, and just learn more about like the beautiful area that we live in. Maybe learn some tips on like what to bring and not to bring. Cause there I will that. definitely be a ton of information on that. So the hiking guide gives you all that too, but within the Facebook group. And that's the other thing. Once you purchase the hiking guide, you get put into the Facebook group where the locations, the times, all that fun stuff are going to be carpooling. So there's going to be a lot of carpool karaoke going on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What to bring, how to pack, how to, how much water you need, anything you need to know about hiking will be discussed. So we're not just going to throw you out there and hope for the best. Cool. It takes all the guesswork out of it. I love that. Sure. Awesome. Well, Ashley, it has been so great to talk to you more about your philosophy on things and fitness and all things hiking. I really enjoyed our conversation and I know so many people have gotten some value out of this as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'll let you get back to your little kiddos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're crazy. All right. Thank you so much. 
so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.